Hey, hey, you crazy bastards. Welcome back to Eat Crime Bites. This is where I research the court documents and roast the criminals so you don't have to. So you're now jumping in on episode, this is season two, episode 22. We're talking about Samuel Thompson. He hacks a jumbotron for an NFL team, but he's also really into child porn. And we got to kind of talk about both of them because those cases are kind of, they intermingle with each other. So act one, which was yesterday, what I brought to you was I talked about his background, that he was the jumbotron whisperer of the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is an NFL team. And Samuel Thompson has been doing this for 30 years, but he had been doing it for the Jaguars from 2014 through 2018. Now, in 2018, there was this anonymous letter that popped up in the management of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it basically said, hey, you need to look into the conviction background of Samuel Thompson, and they did. He was convicted of child porn or molesting a child back in 1998. The letter says it was at a youth camp. Um, I don't know that to be true or not true. That's just what the letter said. And he was convicted, which means in the terms of the story is he has to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life from 1998 on. So when we're talking about this case in 2014 through 2018, he should be a re- he should be on the registry. Okay. There he, well, he didn't notify the Jaguars. So the Jaguars let him go. And Because of that, I think there was some spite and that spite led to Thompson installing remote software on these servers that control the jumbotrons live during these NFL games. And during three games of 2018, he messed with the jumbotron and just kind of made it look glitchy and garbly. You couldn't read it. You could obviously tell there was something wrong with it. And I showed you some pictures again, go back to that act. If you want to see all the, the background. The total time that the scoreboards are messed up was under 25 seconds total. Um, So not a ton of time, but enough that the Jaguars were not happy with him. So that's where I last left you was the Jaguars put together this sting and they put this spare server that had been sending these commands and messing up their jumbotrons on its own network. And they sat there and they watched it. And then on one football game, an IP address came in and connected to it. And an IP address is just this computer numerical address to get on the internet. They watched this computer come in and try to do the same thing with their Jumbotron. And they said, gotcha, bitch. And they looked up that IP address and it pointed to Samuel Thompson. During the same amount of time, Samuel Thompson was also into child porn. So we know from an investigation later on that he was still on the dark web looking for child porn while he was hacking jumbotrons. So this guy was doing a lot of illegal stuff. So now I come into act two, act two is called guns and CSAM and CSAM stands for child sexual abuse material. If you join me with the last act, I gave you a warning that there's going to be some child porn talk in here. I'm going to try to keep it as watered down as I can, but there's some pretty heinous stuff that he does in here. And it's hard for me to even talk about. I don't like this, this subject material, but there's really no way of talking about 
the Jumbotron without talking about the child porn because they kind of used it all together to convict him. So we're going to talk about it, but I'm not going to talk into super deep details of it. Okay, with that, I got to say, we're going to get through this together. So if we're going to brave this together, I apologize. Here we go. July 17th, 2019, there was a search warrant executed at Thompson's house in Florida. And you can imagine they probably didn't get there and find cupcakes and puppies, right? They want to go there for evidence related to intentional access of a protected computer or computer network with authorization. And that is legal speak for fucking around with the Jaguars Jumbotron. When the FBI went there, Thompson's eight-year-old son opened the door. Now you can have two points of view about what I just said, okay? Thompson's point of view was, holy fuck, my eight-year-old son opened the door to a, um, to the FBI with guns out. That's pretty terrible. I looked at it like, holy fuck, this guy's got an eight-year-old son and he's been convicted of all this child porn and molesting kids. Who knows what he probably does in his own house. That scared the hell out of me when I read that. So the FBI, they do a search of his place and they found a gun. They found a Smith and Wesson revolver model 637, which was a 38 Smith and Wesson special. That's the bullet type. That gun was registered to Thompson's wife. Her name was Jean Louise Duff and her maiden name looked like it was Puckett. P-U-C-K-E-T-T. I know it was so close to fuck it. It was so hard for me not to crack a joke about it. But anyways, um, so the FBI has this computer intrusion specialist. Hold on for this one. Special agent Julian Carl Slaughter. What a great name. I mean, Julian Slaughter could only ever either be a meat processor or a special agent of the FBI. And I think he chose the better choice here. So in the search warrant, there's a safe and the FBI is like, Hey, uh, you want to get us in the safe or should we just use our own methods to get into this safe? Thompson says, I don't have I don't have access to that safe. It's got a gun in it. Hold on a second. I got a, I got a key over here. That'll open it, which blew my mind. Like, why would you say you don't have access to it and then provide a key to this safe with a gun in it. And if you're wondering why this is important, remember Thompson is a convicted felon. He's not supposed to have guns in his control. And apparently he does because he, he knows where the key is. So then they go down this investigative route. They talk to Thompson's wife and they say, Hey, uh, do you know how to open this safe? And she goes, no, I haven't opened it in years. I, I don't even know how to open that thing. The gun was also in Thompson's nightstand, not his wife's. And then there's a report. And I don't know how they know this. If it, if his wife, his, I think his wife told them during an interview, but basically somebody scared him late one night and Thompson actually pulled the gun out because they thought they might have to defend themselves. So really this gun is under Thompson's control is where I'm going with all this. So at the same time, when they're going in there looking for Jumbotron shit and they find the gun and they go, huh, you're not supposed to have this Thompson. They also start looking at digital devices because they're looking for a, a hack, right? They start looking at log files from his iPhone, his iPad, and his two laptops. And they see that they are all used to access this spare server 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So mm, he's fucked there, right? Along the way, on these personal devices, FBI finds child abuse, sexual abuse material, or CSAM, all over these devices. Thousands of images, videos, young children. And he can't even say, hey, I'm into, like, it's just nudist pictures. It's young children being abused, bondage, torture, and bestiality. So if you remember, when I said at that that letter up front when I initially read it and I was like, I don't know if Thompson deserves this. I don't, I don't know that much about him yet. When I started learning stuff like this, this is where I think, yeah, maybe this person really, maybe they knew all this stuff and maybe this was warranted, but okay. So this is the worst part. If this bothers you for fast forward about two minutes. All right, here we go. The sexual abuse material included video and pictures that Thompson, he himself produced in June of 2019. So this is after the Jumbotron hacks depicting children under his care and custody. His voice could be heard speaking to the children at the beginning of these videos and the video is taken in his living room. I, I just have to pause there. Cause that's just, Oh, so the FBI thank fuck and in, are involved and they start doing an investigation and they interview the three male children that have been in Thompson's care since 2019. And it reveals that two of them, Children had been molested. He exposed himself to two of the children. So meaning Thompson exposed himself to the children too. He exposed the children to other child abuse material. He spoke to the children about sex and masturbation. And he, he encouraged the children to play a quote unquote game where the children were required to take off their clothes and run around his house. These children, seven, eight, and 10 years old at the time, were playing this quote unquote game, and Thompson recorded it, and that's child abuse material now that he produced himself. Investigation of his devices also revealed that Thompson was actively searching, actively on his iPad, searching for child porn at the moment the FBI came and knocked at his door. Talk about being caught fucking red-handed. So this guy is looking for child porn. He's receiving child porn. He's producing child porn. He's abusing children under his care. He's the worst of the worst, in my opinion. So I do have a picture of Thompson's house. Might as well put it in here. It's a grainy picture. I apologize. I didn't pull Google's photo of it or anything like that. This is the court documents representation of what they're searching. I just wanted to show you what they put in their documents as an example. This is his house. This is pretty much unassuming, maybe middle-class, upper-middle-class type of neighborhood and house that he lives in. So they searched it. They find all this stuff. And then at some point, I don't know if they didn't arrest him or what it was, but on July 27th of 2019, 
Thompson flees to the Philippines. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? How the hell did he just, why was he allowed to take off and leave the country? I don't know. He was apparently. So he, when he got there, he was eventually arrested. The Philippine police, you know, arrested him. He was sent back on January 31st of 2020. His passport was revoked because of this. And when he arrived, he was arrested by the FBI. And then he was ordered detained pending trial. Why? Because this fucker keeps trying to disappear to go to Philippines. Now, there's always two sides to a story. According to the court documentation, his lawyer said he was actually staying with his brother and checking in with the FBI while he was in the Philippines. Sounds like a pretty lame excuse. If you ask me, but could be true, I guess. Seems weird that the FBI would be like, yeah, you can travel to your brother's place in the Philippines where it's much more difficult for us to arrest you if we ever have to. It seems like it'd be really weird. The FBI would be okay with that. So on August 2nd of 2019, there's a complaint filed against Thompson. There's a charge in there of possessing a gun as a convicted felon. And I thought, really? That was it? A gun charge? That's all? Well, later on, February 12th of 2020, so just a few months later and then into the next year, government comes back and says, no, 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 fuck that, fuck that. We're going to change that. We have an indictment now. Six counts on this one, and I'll go through them with you. Count one, receiving child porn. Count two, causing damage to protected computers. That'd be the Jumbotron. Count three, did not register his Bahamas trip since he was a sex offender. Count four was child porn. Count five was possessing a firearm by a felon. And count six was he didn't register his attempt to go to Korea and Philippines since he was a sex offender. I didn't talk about the Korea trip. He didn't actually make that trip. He tried to go to Korea. Um, I, it was either through Korea to the Philippines or the Korea was another trip, but basically... Um, that became a count because they said he tried to run. Okay, so you sit there and you're like, that's a pretty hefty indictment, right? Six counts. Yeah, I, that'd be pretty scary coming at you. Nope, government went back, was quiet for a little bit, came back February 22nd, 2023. So this is three years later. And they said, ah, fuck that other indictment we talked about. We got another one. Ten counts on this one. So I'll go through the counts on this one. Count one is child porn. Count two is child porn. Count three is damage to protect a computer. And I'm going to stop there. They could probably have a lot more child porn counts because he had thousands of images, but I'll continue. Count three is damage to protect a computer. That's the jumbotron. Count four is creating child porn. So that's being the producer of child porn. I highlighted that one. That to me was probably arguably one of the most difficult parts to read about this case. Count five was felony with a minor. Count six is registered travel. I'm sorry, unregistered travel as a sex offender. Count seven, child porn. Count eight, possessing a gun as a felon. Count nine, child porn. Count 10, unregistered travel as a sex offender. All right. So, you know, the other side of the story is Thompson's lawyer's complained and the 
court paperwork that what the FBI did was just way above and beyond. And oh my God, it traumatized his kid. I'm going to read you a quote out of the court paperwork here. It says the victim in this case is Mr. Thompson's young son who is in therapy. He suffers from psychological trauma of answering the door to an FBI entry team that is amplified by separation anxiety from being separated from his father. We speak on the phone every Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I ask the court pick any of those days and listen to a recorded jail phone call between a son who misses his father and a father who misses his son because a video board glitched for mere seconds during a football game. Motherfucker, you're producing child porn under of children under your care. And I don't even know if this child is one of them. They didn't specify in the court document. The ages kind of line up. So I kind of suspect it could be, but I don't know. And you want to say the FBI executing a search warrant was the most traumatizing thing in this child's life. Fuck you, Thompson. Fuck you. All right. I, oh my God. All right. All right. We're going to switch gears. November 6th to November 17th. Thompson says, I'm going to trial. And what's more ludicrous is Thompson was allowed to represent himself in this process after a bunch of medical and competency evaluations. So the court really examined the shit out of him because this is a move that typically people will lose doing. If you're not a lawyer, even if you are a lawyer, you shouldn't represent yourself because you're it's you want somebody detached that can argue this for you. If you're not a lawyer like Mr. Thompson here, he's a jumbotron whisperer. You shouldn't represent yourself because you're probably going to lose. It's generally a bad idea. Okay. And that is why the court is going to do all those medical and competency evaluations. Cause later on when you lose and you're like, well, you'll let me represent myself. They're going to say, yeah, but you were really, really sure. And you were competent. We, we checked. So this is your fault, buddy. So, as you would expect, the jury finds Thompson guilty. So I'm going to read you what the United States attorney says here because they said it better than I could. It says, United States attorney Roger Hanberg announces that a federal jury today found Samuel Arthur Thompson, age 53, of St. Augustine, Florida, guilty of producing, receiving, and possessing child sex abuse material, CSAM, producing CSAM, while required to register as a sex offender, violating the Sex Offender Registration and Notification Act, sending unauthorized damaging commands to a protected computer, which was the Jumbotron, and possessing a firearm as a convicted felon. Thompson faces a minimum mandatory term of 35 years imprisonment. His sentencing hearing is scheduled for March 25th, 2024. Now, I'm recording this in December 2023, and this will be out just before the end of the year. So we don't have the sentencing yet. And a lot of times these things take a while because they have to analyze the defendant to figure out how much to recommend for sentencing and so forth. So some months can go by. When this happens, I will bring you an update because I'm really interested in what he walks away with because this whole thing started because of a glitch and an F NFL jumbotron and it rolled into a guy that actually produced child sex abuse material. Just mind blowing. So that's it. 
thank Christ, that's all the child abuse I have to talk about anymore. I do not like this material, but it happens so much in computer crime that a lot there are, there are times like this that it's just almost impossible to talk around it. So, and, and it's important a lot of times to talk about it because it is so prevalent. So some final thoughts about this case. One is I don't understand why he did the Jumbotron hack other than maybe it was some self-satisfaction for being let go or not having his contract renewed because they found out about his sex abuse history. Another thing is, is I was surprised to find this guy is still currently married. It sounds like you know, the gun was hers and that kind of stuff. So with all this sex abuse material that was in the house, the gun that was in the house, the children that were abused under his care in the house, I don't feel bad for this lady. I almost feel like she's blind or maybe just turning away from it because it seems like this is a lot of child porn in this guy's life for this lady to still be there most importantly, I cannot believe this guy has young kids still living at home. When it was in the court paperwork, this guy's eight year old son opened the door to the FBI entry team for the search warrant. In recent times, I was like, this is not 1998 where he's in control of an eight year old. It's now. I, I, I cannot believe he still has young kids in his home. And the last thing was, this is probably the first case that I can remember where we I've covered under eCrime Bites that there was a child porn producer. I would say far worse than consumers. Consumers are bad, but the producers are making the material that the consumers are finding. And so this guy, just to me, it just feels like the worst of the worst. Even out of our cyber stalkers and everything else, this, this guy just, he's now... I'm going to have, there's going to be a, a Thompson scale on things, I think, because a child porn producer, in my, in my opinion, is the worst of the worst of digital crimes. So with that, I will be awaiting his sentencing. If it's a minimum of 35 years, I hope it's far above that minimum. 35 years is pretty stiff. So I would say that's a good start for what he has done in this case. 35 years is a good start. So if there's anything you liked in this episode, please like, subscribe, thumbs up, follow, whatever the positive affirmation things are on the platform that you're ingesting me on, please do it. Helps me out a ton. It just helps me get more viewers and things like that. It, it's the single most important thing you could do to help me out if you if you like this material. If you don't like this material, fuck you. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Hey, it's not for everybody. The Definitely this child porn stuff, Definitely not for everybody, and I couldn't unwind it in this case. I really was interested in the Jumbotron hack, but he was caught with everything else, and it was just important. Um, so if you haven't been to our website, please go there. It's eCrimeBytes. It's E-C-R-I-M-E Bytes. Spell the computer way. B-Y, Y is in yellow milk, T-E-S.com. And if you're wondering why I'm saying Y is in yellow milk, Oh my God. You got to go back and watch our prior episodes where I talked about frozen yellow milk. It's good. It's good. Just trust me. And now this is the time where I'm going to give you a preview of next week. 
next week, we've got kind of an offshoot. We've got Hacking Hospitals with Vicus Singla. And I hope I pronounced that right. That was my best shot. This is a healthcare one where you have a security expert hacking who his clients were and who his potential clients are. So, you know, it's supposed to be the protector of the cybersecurity industry. You know, somebody like myself that works in the industry is supposed to be protecting companies like this. He attacked them. And it's a very interesting story. And I hope you come back next week and you join me on that one. So thanks again for sticking around this long on this one. I know it was difficult to get through and I hope to see you next week. Thanks.